Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. This is Reverend Deborah Phillips coming to you from Spiritual Life Center in Sacramento, California. Today we're going to look at the truth about visualization. And this is a topic that I discuss with a lot of people because most of the meditations that I do are guided meditations. And so people come to me and they say, it's a lovely meditation, but I don't see pictures in my head. And then they have two things to say that A, they think there's something wrong with them and B, they don't get a lot out of it because they're working so hard to try to generate a picture in their head. Well, I will tell them that it is normal. Some people simply do not see pictures in their head. And what I'm going to do today is share a lecture with you that I heard many, many times in the late 1970s and early 80s. There was a man named Wally Minto, and he taught a course called Alpha Awareness Training. And interestingly, if you go out online to look this up, you're going to find maybe two references one in Amazon Books and one at Goodreads. Once he passed away, the whole thing just kind of disappeared. His book is still out there, but this lecture that he gave was pretty amazing. And it really helped me understand how my mind works, and it helped a lot of other people. Now, I heard this thing so many times that I almost had it down verbatim. So what I'm going to be sharing with you for the next few minutes is his lecture. It comes from Wally Minto. He wrote a book called The Results Book, and I think there's also a book out there called Alpha Awareness Training. Not easy stuff to find. I have one caveat before I start into this, and that is when Wally was doing these lectures back in the 1970s and 80s, there was not the prevalence of attention deficit diagnosis that there are today. When I start to talk about the changing imager, I am talking about a person who just normally sees different pictures in their head. I am not talking about a person who has a condition. It's a different type of thing. So keep that in mind as I go through this. So here's how he would start this talk. He would stand up in front of us and he would say, so, have you had a day where you decided that you were going to clean the living room and you get into it and then you come across a stack of magazines and so you sit down and you start going through all the magazines trying to decide which ones to get rid of and then you come across this recipe that you promised to give to Aunt Ethel and so you get in the car and you drive down to Aunt Ethel's house and then you give it to her and then you come back and you start cleaning again. And he said, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, you're a changing imager. A quick way to discover if that's how you work is to imagine a vase. Now, imagine putting a flower in the vase. And imagine putting another flower in the vase. And then imagine putting a third flower in the vase. And then he would say, okay, how many people had the same vase and same flower the whole time, and people would raise their hand. You say, how many people had the flowers changing different flowers the whole time, and people would raise their hand. And he'd say, how many people didn't see anything, and people would raise their hand, and he would say, and that's okay, everybody is okay exactly where they are. Turns out, from his perspective, There's three kinds of imagers. 
There's the changing imager. Now that's a person who sees pictures in their head, but they change. It's like if you had a rose and then you had a carnation and then you had something else. There's nothing wrong with you at that level. It's just that you have a very creative mind. The fixed imager is a person who sees the same vase and the same flowers that they imagine putting in the vase. And the non-imager is the person who doesn't see anything in their head. And honestly, that's absolutely okay. In fact, Wally said he was a non-imager. And he explained that he didn't like to read novels because he didn't see pictures in his head. So there wasn't anything going on for him. And the best example that he gave was he said he would be out, go on a skiing trip with his family. And they would wake up in the cabin in the morning and his wife and his son, who were imagers, changing imagers, would already mentally be out on the ski slope and he would be in bed. That is a great example, I think. And then he would start to explain the advantages of each, let's call it a modality, okay? So the changing imager is the idea person. The changing imager is the person who can look at something and see it in four or five different ways. And all these things are going on in their head and they come out and they say, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? Okay, so then what do you do with that image? Now, again, we're talking about people who are within the normal range of this, who don't have uh, the inability to pay attention to something for very long and have to work with that. We're talking about someone who simply has a lot of stuff coming through their mind and they can bring it out there, but a lot of the times changing imagers don't have the energy or the focus to enact whatever it is they want to do. So then we take it to, guess what? The non-imager. You take it to the person who doesn't see pictures in their head at all, because that person will have to maybe draw it out. Somehow or another, they have to create the image of what the other person has offered in a way that they can see it. That might be a drawing, it might be a photograph, it might be, I don't know, however non-imagers can construct things. If I tell a non-imager to imagine a chair, they're probably going to have to think about what a chair is to them and think about the practical application of a chair because they're not getting the picture in their head. And that's absolutely perfect for bringing an idea out and getting it out on paper, so to speak, where it can be looked at. And then the fixed imager is the person who can actually execute the project because they have a very fixed idea of what will happen with it. So the changing imager comes with, up with the idea. The non-imager will bring it into manifestation somewhere where it can be seen. And then the fixed imager will put it together because they can maintain that steady focus that's needed to execute something. Another way of looking at this would be taking the example of a person who has a very large yard, one that could not be mowed, say, in one afternoon. Now, the changing imager would be really excited to start, and they would get into it, but then they wouldn't be able to finish it, and they would have a hard time coming back to it. Now, the answer for that person is to come back each day and start 
a new section. If that image, changing imager thinks about trying to go back and finish something, it almost does them in. But if they need, if they can go back and start again, it works for them. Now, fixed imagers would have the opposite challenge, and that would be the inability to start because they can see the entire project all the way to the end, and they know that it is daunting, and they don't think they can do it. So it would, again, be about chunking it down into smaller quadrants, saying, okay, this, is, this section is this project, this section is this project, and doing each one a little bit at a time. Can you see how understanding how your mind works can help you get things either started or finished? And of course, the non-imager just does what's in front of them. And that's a good thing too. These three different ways of processing information are actually very helpful. And when you are aware of the people around you and how they operate, think about how much better you can use everybody's talents if you understand whether they're a changing imager, a non-imager, or a fixed imager. It can really streamline a process. Choose your colleagues wisely. But really, I wanted to talk about this today to help people feel better about themselves spiritually. Visualization is a really big thing in most of the spiritual teachings. You know, the meditation, uh, whenever you're doing prosperity work, they tell you to visualize this and visualize that, see this happening. Well, you know what? For some of you, that's not going to work. For some of you, um, if you don't see pictures at all, you're going to have to write it down, or you're going to have to draw yourself a picture, or you're going to have to do something on the physical plane to help you get that concept into your head. And if you're a changing imager, you're probably going to also have to put something down on paper or bring it out into the physical so it's something that you can focus on. And for those of you who are fixed imagers, Sometimes you can get stuck because you can only see things one way. And one of the biggest things we talk about is when you're praying for something or wanting to manifest something is it's like we say, be specific about what you want. And at the same time, let go of the how and the why and the when. And a fixed imager is going to have a really hard time letting go of that. A changing imager is likely to be out there going, well, you know, this is what I want, and I want the highest and best, and oh, whatever, <laughs> and maybe not be quite as, as specific as they need to be. And then the non-imager probably often can just get so frustrated because they don't, they don't see these pictures and they don't know how else to work with this process. Well, that is by drawing yourself a picture or writing yourself a picture, whatever you can do to give you some image on the outside that your brain can look at and make it real for you. Ultimately, what we're talking about is how we manifest our ideas, how we manifest our prayers, how we manifest what we need in our lives. And so much of that is supposedly dependent on being able to visualize or to see. A different word that is often used besides visualize and see is realize. 
Now, it occurred to me a while ago, and I was a little embarrassed that it took me this long to figure it out, but the word realize means to make real. We realize it. Well, duh. Okay. When we are able to realize something, make it real to us in whatever way that works for us, that's when we really make strides in manifesting what we want in our lives. So the process is one of deciding what it is that you want to bring into your life, whether it is more a deeper spirituality, whether you're trying to manifest a new job or something in the material world, whatever it is you're working on, it has to become real to you. And the way it becomes real to you is going to be unique to you. I spent some time when I was struggling with the whole realize thing of not understanding what I was trying to realize, what I was trying to do. And it's actually pretty hilarious now that I understand the word, but how do I make it real in my mind and in my heart? That's what it all comes down to. And if you can get a picture in your head, maybe that's easier. But I know a lot of people who are non-imagers who do really well with this because they have found their own way of making something real to them. Because when it's real, we can, we relate to it. When it's real, we connect with it. When it's real, we know that it is possible. And so the realization is the most important part of this. How you come to your own realization is, again, going to be unique. Because even though I'm a changing imager, and I can sit and I can talk with someone else who's a changing imager, and while we're kind of running the same energy, we're still doing it differently. I might be seeing different pictures than they're seeing. And so it's it's a very fascinating process when you start to work with other people and find out what what they're doing. Are they seeing an image? Are they only, are they seeing seven images in a row? Are they seeing just one? And are they like this is the way it has to be? It can only be this way. Or is there someone sitting there going, "Well, I got nothing." All of that is useful, believe it or not, because the person who says they got nothing, you get to talk to them about it. You get to throw out ideas and it helps you pull it out. It helps you bring out the fullness and, and find all the little hidden gems because they, are, they help you excavate. We changing imagers, we're like, oh, okay, I see this, I see this, okay, I'm onto this. The fixed imagers going, okay, this is cool, let's just stop here. And it is that non-imaging person who is spurring us on, saying, wait a minute, no, I don't understand, help me see this, help me figure it out. Having a non-imager to talk th- things through with is actually a huge, huge gift, because they have to look at everything. And they haven't made up their mind about anything because they don't know what it is yet. The fixed imager is going to have an opinion. And so is the changing imager because we're looking at something in our heads and we're either liking it or not liking it or we're making judgments about it. And the non-imager is sitting there going, huh? Explain it to me. Help me draw this out. And it is such a gift. 
And sometimes we imagers, either kind, get a little impatient with the person who can't see the image. I see them as being there to slow me down and help me come up with a really concrete way to execute whatever it is I want to do. And yeah, I have my moments of feeling impatient with it because I just, I'm a starter. I want to get on. I want to get on with the next thing. It's like, I started this. Okay, someone else finish it. And probably the fixed imagers get frustrated too because they see it. This is, this is it. It's the way it's done. Okay, I'm happy now. And I'm not saying that they're not flexible. I'm just saying that they're because they get that image in their head and they kind of get stuck with it. And so it's about learning what your mode of operation is. And then how do you work with other people to bring about the best possible result? I have to say, as a changing imager, I really like starting projects, and I can finish them. Now, that's the difference between probably someone within what we would call the healthy range of changing imagery, is that I am absolutely capable of finishing a project. A person with a medical diagnosis of ADHD is a person who has trouble finishing things. I know several people who are changing imagers and they sometimes joke about having ADD or ADHD and they really truly don't. And it kind of makes me sad that they lay that on themselves because ADHD and ADD are, are serious concerns that can be addressed. And I don't like to see people lay it on themselves when really they're simply a very free thinking, creative person. So think about that when you're looking at yourself. If you are a changing imager, be kind to yourself. Allow yourself to be who you are, to be a starter. If you can never finish anything, okay, then there's something that maybe needs to be looked at. But I can tell you as a changing imager, I love to get a project started. It's like I'll sit down here and I will do this podcast and I will make up a slide and I will make up, I will write the blurb for it. But after that, I'm done with it. I want to turn it over to someone else and let them take it through the rest of the process because I'm not interested anymore. And that's healthy because that means I can let it go and give it to people who do what they do really well. I mean, uh, Cameron Lawson, who edits this podcast, he's great at this. I wouldn't be able to sit down and really edit this because I don't have the ear for sound that he has. So my ability to let this go is actually a healthy and good thing. And then we turn it over to marketing and the marketing people do their thing. Fixed imagers might have a little more trouble letting go of something, or if they're even to start in the first place. Some fixed imagers really get stuck at the starting point because they can see the whole jury process. And it is sometimes daunting and sometimes they can't follow through. And that's okay too. Understanding that about yourself means that you find ways to get yourself started and Maybe before you get started, you think, okay, here's all the things that have to happen. Who's going to do what? And how can I turn it over and let other people do certain things? The non-imager is going to pretty much just take cues from other people and do what they need to do. 
and create something based on what we all tell them. And again, I just love that part of it because they slow me down, they bring out the little things that I would have never thought of or some of the other people would never have thought of. It might be interesting for you to take some time and think about this and think about how your imaging process works because your way of working is very important and very valuable and you have a lot to offer. You probably will have more to offer now that you understand how it is you work. As to guided meditations, if you're a non-imager and you're sitting in some place where someone is leading a guided meditation, just allow yourself to be in it. Don't work at it. Don't try to force yourself to see pictures. Just let it be. The energy, the words will wash over you. They will soak into your subconscious. You will get some benefit out of it. And if the more you can relax into it and not try to force something that's not going to happen and allow yourself to see the, the dark that's in your head, just, just be. And I'll bet you that those meditations work better for you after that. Begin to look at your mode of operation as a gift and that you have something great to offer to any conversation from your perspective. You can be so incredibly helpful and you probably don't even always know it. But remember that we are spirit expressing into this world. Each one of us is an expression of spirit and spirit expresses individually in such beautiful and amazing ways. And I wish you a week of deep insights into how you see or do not see the world. And my wish for you is that you can learn to use your abilities to the highest and best because it is in that way that you allow spirit to work in and through you. I wish you a wonderful, wonderful week. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now, until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.